This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. As we've been discussing it here, I'm trying to think about my interactions with customers, and I'd say I have far fewer ruder customers right now because I think people are seeing us as, you know, in that in that term that's flying around now, an essential service. Whereas, you know, when it's concerts on the square time, like you don't, you're out of, you're out of the Roquefort. God, oh, son of a. Hello, I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. This is The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. We're coming to you presently from a closet and a bedroom, not the same ones. Grocery stores, uh, I think we can all agree, are essential. Many of us are trying to shop less, as our budgets will allow, and make the most of each inevitable trip. But everybody's got to eat. Our guests this week work at two local grocery stores and have seen their jobs radically change over the past month. People have been buying pallets of baked beans, baskets full of peanut butter, and gallons of milk eight at a time. Some of this has calmed down a bit as we've all adjusted to the new normal way of shopping. But both our guests had some stories and advice about how to make your grocery run safer for everyone. Stop touching your face and give a listen. Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Hi. My pleasure. So first of all, can you just tell folks your name and your current job? Yeah. um, My name is Ben Trier, and I am a buyer supervisor at the Willie Street Co-op West location. How long have you worked there? Um, I want to say eight years. Oh, okay. So a fair amount of time. Yeah, yeah. How have these past few weeks slash month been different? Well, it's been a little crazy. You could tell things were getting real serious by just how big the orders were, you know? Like you'd say on a normal day, you know, you'd get three pallets worth. And then all of a sudden we've got eight pallets of food coming in, you know, and the store's just crowded, just full of people, you know, everybody just buying everything. You know, uh, that first weekend when it really started to get just really crazy, you just ended up where you're just going through and opening the cases on the floor and customers were just grabbing everything they could. I saw I saw a customer grab an entire case of baked beans. They were like, can, can I just take this case of baked beans? And I'm like, <laughs> sure, why not? You know, <laughs> wow. So when you like when you're when you're saying like the pallets would show up, um, I mean, were you and and the other you know department buyers like anticipating this and you knew that you were going to have kind of a run and that's why you ended up with you know so much stuff or was there more like an automated thing that got triggered no no we do we do manual ordering so we're we're in charge of we have people who choose what to order mm-hmm. and it was gradual it just kept coming up so you'd be like you know all right well we'll order four pallets you know and then it'd be gone you know oh we'll order you know 12 cases of beans and then it'd be gone. And so you just kept upping it and upping it and upping it until finally there was that that one weekend when it just everybody knew something was happening. Tony Evers was eluding that he was going to make an announcement. Yeah. And just the stores just got crazy. And we just we knew just to order up. Like it was there was no 
small amount you could order. You just ordered as much as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like I ordered a lot of bulk stuff too. You know, so it was like you know on any given day you're selling like you know around 200 pounds of oats. We're selling a thousand pounds of oats in a day. You know, Jeez, that's wild. What are some things that people have bought in bulk that surprised you? Oh, you know, it just got to a point as things ran out that, you know, like once all the black beans and the pinto beans and the garbanzo beans are gone, then people are like, ah, I guess I'll get the Navy. I guess I'll get the the Jacob's cattle, you know. Uh, And, you know, I mean, like once the once the the regular rolled oats are gone, people are like, oh, I guess I'll get rolled rye, you know, like. Just people were getting anything they could that was, you know, long-term, state stable, you know. Beans was huge. Like, beans and lentils was just, it was just ridiculous how much beans. And now, and truthfully, now, you look at the shelves and beans aren't selling so fast, you know. Like, <laughs> people, it's, it's, it's now that everybody's gotten their, their stockpile of beans, you know, then they're, they feel safer, you know. I keep wondering, do these people really like beans that much? Well, I did I did a little research on my own because I just kept seeing like people, everyone just kept asking for lentils and beans and lentils and beans. And, you know, and I was just like, why are all these people? And so I started doing just like your general Google search on, you know, top 10 thing foods to get for COVID-19. And lentils was, a, was on the top of the list of all of those things, huh. lentils and beans. So people were just like, oh, yep, beans and rice. Plus... I don't think, you know, I don't know, I don't know people's financial situation, but like when when you, somebody says you need to have two weeks worth of food, you may not have the money to buy the stuff that you normally would buy with each paycheck. And so if you want cheap two weeks worth of food, you're getting beans and rice, you know, you at least as as long as you've got those two weeks of beans and rice, you know, you're okay, you know, but there's even, you know, specialty stuff like people were coming in and They'd be like, my nephew, he's glycemic and he can only, he only eats this one type of pasta. And then they just grab the entire shelf, just, broom, just taking it all, <laughs> you know, like wow. we got to make sure my nephew can eat during the, the, the COVID apocalypse, yeah. you know? And, but then at the same time, while you've got just like utter chaos, just people just, you know what I mean? Like the guy who grabbed the baked beans, I'm pretty sure that guy wasn't like, I'm going to eat baked beans every day, I think he just saw the nearest case of food and just said, can I take this case of food, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you get like that, that drastic, crazy desperateness. But then at the same time, there's people who are like, what's going on? You know, like what's going on? Do you, I'm looking for this particular type of artichoke, you know, and <laughs> we have like seven types of artichoke and you're just like, Oh, um, yeah, we don't have that particular artichoke. And they're like, oh, well, can you order it? You know, like, and so it, it, it was, it's just been, it's been weird, you know, <laughs> like to have such a mix of people, like the people who come in and are, and, and seem desperate and seem like they're like just upset, you know, and then people who just, it's just every, just a regular old day. I'm just here doing my daily shopping, you know, I'm grabbing my three things and getting out. So I just want to give a shout out to all my coworkers and my job and my work because <laughs> I've, you know, I've since working in grocery for so long, I know other people who've worked at other stores. One of my coworkers works in North Carolina at a grocery store and we talk about it. And 
they've done nothing. You know what I mean? Like our store, we open up later now so we can put away the food mm-hmm. before customers come in. So we're not like stuck in the aisle trying to put away boxes of food with customers walking right behind us for the most part. Yeah. But she's talking about how they wheel out a pallet of bleach and toilet paper and they just get mobbed, you know? So I feel really lucky. What are some of the other um, precautions? I live around the corner from the Willie Street East location, I guess. And uh, the stores definitely looks a lot different. Like what was the the order by which things kind of changed? Was there anything that was rolled out immediately? And then they added sort of like phases onto it of things that they, you know, to make it safer for the staff and for the customers? Oh, yeah. So basically, the, the Willie Street Co-op has a COVID-19 like task force, you know, it's so cool. And they meet like every couple of days. So there's constant updates, you know, like just starting yesterday, we all uh, are heavily encouraged to wear masks and they're giving us all masks to wear. Until then, we all kind of had to bring masks in just because it was hard for them to get masks. But I guess one of the companies that like makes the hats for the co-op is going to make us all a bunch of cloth masks to wear. We all get two and they immediately started, you know, limiting the amount of people in the store and they do pages over the paging system, reminding customers to please only touch the products that you want to buy and to stay six feet apart, you know, and it's just, there's just been like this constant it almost seems like they're up in the game each time, you know? So now we have hand sanitizer that we can keep in our pockets to sanitize as we go along throughout the day. They have people wiping down certain areas and everything to make everything clean. Um, you know, it's great to have a job. I'll say that, you <laughs> yeah. know, and I'm, but it's scary, you know, and you see like there'll be the customers who come in who know and they, they take it seriously they're staying six feet apart. They're wearing masks. They're wearing gloves. We have an hour in the beginning just for, for people who have immunity, uh, compromised immunities and who are older, who would be more at risk. And they're supposed to shop at 10 o'clock to try and keep it safe for them. But, you know, there's still, you know, I'll be, I'll be there on, on the floor and I'll look behind me and there's a customer just standing right above me, you know, like breathing down my neck, you know, but people don't know, you know. Or people don't pay attention. I, I don't know. Are you seeing changes in customer behavior overall? You said that some people do seem to get it, but maybe some others don't. Do you, are they being respectful of you, I guess? For the most part, I get a lot. Of, there's a lot of things, you know, and it's really appreciated. But there are some that just they don't they don't understand, I think, or they don't care about the seriousness of it. You know, and this is me just trying to understand how you end up with, you know, those people who who aren't respecting the distance or aren't wearing the mask, you know, are coming right up to your face and asking you, you know, smaller questions about niche products. So a lot of the people who do that are are the older people. And I'm and I feel bad, but like I'm like, you know, there's certain customers who come in and you're just like, you know who they are, and you're like going, Oh, you know, like. I want to provide you with food to eat, but like, what are you doing here? You know, like, this is like the crowdest place that anybody is. Yeah. Like, you need to be safe, you know. I won't, I just hope that people don't, aren't just like, whatever happens, happens, you know, because we're trying our hardest not to get anybody sick. I feel like that's, that's 
my personal and a lot of my coworkers stress right now. Yeah. It's just, I would feel so bad if I didn't do something right and somebody got sick and, and something happened to them. Yeah. Are you worried about getting sick yourself? In the beginning, that first week before there was implementation of, you know, only 20 people in the store and people were coming in, filling carts and you were just crowded. The aisles were just crowded, you know. I think that everybody had a moment where it was like, well, if it's out there, I got it, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like this, almost like camaraderie in, well, we all have it now, you know. But as time has passed, and there have been people who've gotten sick, you know, and I think the people who haven't, you start to be like, you know what, I'm not just going to assume that I have it, you know, I'm going to act like I don't, and I'm going to do everything in my power to not get sick and not bring it home to my family. You know, like a lot of us, we come home, I got my, I got my hamper at the back door and, you know, I strip down at the back door and take a shower as soon as I get home, you know, cause I don't, you know, I got kids, I got a girlfriend here and I don't want anybody to get sick, you know? Yeah. And I, it's, it's scary. You know, I'm, I'm so glad to have a job, but it's just, it's really, it's really scary. <sighs> um, yeah. Like, is everybody doing okay over there? Is, is there talk about, I mean, you know, just kind of like, like the mental health of things or what's the, is there anything in place for that? Well, I don't think anything officially, you know, Yeah. but I'm lucky I have like the world's greatest boss and I'm a, I'm a supervisor to other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I've just been telling everybody, you know, like do what you can to make it throughout the day. You know, if you need to take a little more extra time off the floor because you, you're stressed out or you're, you got entered into a scary situation, like do it, you know, like do what you can to get through. You yeah. know, I know everybody's tired, you know, it's, I tell people constantly, I'm like, I'm at 60%, you know, I just, it's hard. And it's, it's almost like, cause it's slowed down a bit, you know? So it's like, we've had busier times, you know, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, those are crazy, exhausting times, but this is like this constant emotional slow burn, you know? And as certain people have been out, Willie Street Co-op's really great. You get a two-week COVID break. So if something happens, you get sick time for two weeks. And you've seen people taking those two weeks by doctor's orders or they're in close proximity. So, you know, we're kind of like juggling workers from one place to another to make it work. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I know a lot of us is just, you know, you come home and you try and deal with it how you can, you know. Yeah. The other thing is, is the distributors, it's been a little tougher, you know, there's now maximums before you could order as much food as you wanted. You know, you want to order 80 cases of beans, you go ahead and order those 80 <laughs> cases of beans. But, but now, you know, like you can only order so many cases for the entire store, you know, that you're highly encouraged to only order two cases of anything. It's one of those things where you're just trying to get what you know, people, what you're going to need right here today. And for the next day and not anything extra, you know, mm -hmm. to keep those numbers down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder what supply chain issues you're seeing. I, I know that there have been, I've seen limits on like chicken, for example, like how much chicken you can buy. A lot of those limitations have been lifted. So I think pretty much at this point in time, I think maybe except for like toilet paper, 
you could buy as much eggs or milk or chicken as you wanted. Things have kind of evened out, but now we're getting into like a, it's harder to get some things, you know, there's a lot of out of stocks from the vendor where you just, you just can't get it. Hmm. And then, you know, I work with a lot of small vendors and they're really trying to work hard too, you know, but some of them just aren't coming out. Like one of them, one of my maple syrup companies, they just made a delivery. They finally did, but they're like, we just don't feel safe coming out to the stores. You know, sure. a lot of the, the distributors or the people who make the deliveries who would stock their own shelves. Some of them are just like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going into the store to stock. You know, that's too much of a risk. So I don't know. It's, I think everybody's just trying to make it work, you know, and it is, it's working. I'm saying people are getting food. I don't, I haven't heard anybody like not leaving with, with food in their basket. You know, yeah. my, my thing is I just, I hope that people are trying to cook new things, you know, hmm. that it's, they're coming in and going, well, the thing I wanted isn't here, but there's these other things that I've have been here every single time. Why don't I try and make a meal out of that? You know? Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really optimistic spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there any way that, I mean, I know there's, you know, all this talk about like, oh, the the food service workers and the UPS drivers, it's like, you know, the like the troops, you know, kind of, kind of mentality. Um, is there any any way that people can, you know, actively show appreciation? You know, I don't, I don't have any idea. People say thanks. And that means a lot, you know, that, that just saying thank you means a lot. Yes. I, you know, I, I think just understand, just being understanding, you know, like there's nothing worse in this situation than being yelled at by a customer because you don't have the thing that they want. Yeah, I, you try and be really nice and and comforting to a customer who's obviously distraught, but to not even understand, you know, that it's not our fault. We're trying our hardest. We're trying to get the food on the shelf, and it's just it's scary and it's it's tough. And I don't I don't know, you know, like I don't know I don't know what what people could do. I really don't. Yeah. So I just want to say from my own perspective, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank your coworkers. We really appreciate it. And I, I know you probably can't hear that enough at this point. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I also want to put out there that the Willie Street Co-op has started doing curb pickup. And I think we started doing doing delivery. So if you know somebody who might have issues or is older, you know, and they're like, oh, I got to go to the store, they might not even know that they can just, you know, use the website or call and pick up you know i know people my neighbors they put the word out and they go and they buy groceries for other people hmm. i think right now what i think is should happen is that neighbors need to talk to each other now you know like you need to start a conversation with your next door neighbor so that way if things get worse you already have that conversation and it's not awkward or weird to be like hey yeah can i get you a gallon of milk you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, thank you so much for making time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I hope I helped out. I hope that other grocery workers hear this and, you know, know that they're not alone. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Stay safe out there, man. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. 
Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. On April 3rd, Trader Joe's on Monroe Street closed for a deep cleaning after one of its crew members tested positive for COVID-19. The store reopened two days later. Our next guest has worked at Trader Joe's for many years and had some insight on what it's been like for their team. Hi, Whitney. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you very much. So first of all, can you just sort of introduce yourself, tell folks your name and where you work? Sure. My name is Whitney. I work at Madison uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, And I've been there for almost seven years now. Nice. Have you had the same job that entire time? More or less, yes. I'm a crew member and that's sort of the entry level position. But uh, as I've worked there, I've gotten uh, additional roles and responsibilities for writing orders for different sections. Uh, We write the orders on a personal level every day. So there's someone who writes, you know, all the cheese, you know, orders the, the cheese to come in for two days from now. And uh, wine and cookies and candy and the grocery aisle. So uh, I've had a, a few orders in my time. We're starting to hear about certain supply chains being affected by the COVID-19 novel coronavirus situation. And I was wondering if Trader Joe's might be in a different kind of position, like a, a better one maybe, because of having s- some different supply chain connections. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And when I go into the store every day, we are almost fully stocked. There are a couple things that we're not getting right now that we normally would see a supply chain interruption on. Uh, Every once in a while, like shrimp, frozen shrimp items are unavailable because the shrimp harvest at such and such time was bad. So instead of being able to get those items in all the time, we just don't carry them until they are more readily available. Uh, The other thing that I've seen us do currently uh, for a couple of items, I know flour, I know lentils, I think a couple of pastas. Uh, Our primary supplier was unable to keep up with the initial sort of onslaught of panic buying that was going on. And so we reach out to uh, other suppliers and carry their products on our shelves if they adhered to our standards. So if an item is non-GMO and you know, uh, preservative free, then that might be something that we bring into the store under someone else's label until our private label supplier is able to catch up with the demand. Now, you mentioned the panic buying. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you witness to any panic buying here in Madison? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, just people shopping irregularly. I'm not saying this as a, a criticism. Sure. But there were times when you know, someone would come through my line and I'm like, I don't know how necessary it is to have 24 jars of peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Or eight gallons of milk. Or there's no way that I think you can realistically go through five bags of flour right now. (laughs) Yeah. So we, uh, we didn't institute any, well, we instituted a couple of changes. We put Uh, a gentle warning sign outside that said, please, you know, be considerate of others. Uh, We're going to ask that if you're buying a particular item to try to limit yourself to three or fewer of that item. Sure. Uh, Hand sanitizer, of course, was huge Mm -hmm. in the sense that you would see it online for, you know, we sell a little spray bottle for $1.99 
and you would see that same item for 15 to $20 on Amazon because someone would get a whole bunch from the store and then sell them because people needed them. So yeah. when we were able to catch up and actually start getting hand sanitizer back in the store, uh, we kept those at the front desk and we asked people just to have one per customer. The people who came in and asked if we had hand sanitizer, they were happy with one because, you know, it'll last you for a little while. Yeah. So Trader Joe's did have to close for a little bit because there was somebody who tested positive for COVID, right? And I wonder what that was what that was like. Was that a was that a scary moment? Had there been precautions taken since then? Uh, yeah, we had taken uh, a number of precautions before that crew member tested positive. And I do want to say that that crew member uh, sent everyone a message. We've got a a little message board. Sent everyone a message saying because you know the our management team protected their identity. Uh, some people wanted. Um, some people, you know, were like, I don't care who it was, or I don't know, or, and so this person sort of revealed themselves to the crew and said, Hey, I'm the person who had it. I'm doing fine. I'm sorry if it scared you. I'm sorry if knowing it's me scares you, but I wanted to be out in the open and, and let you know that it was me. I'm doing fine. I'm recovering. And, you know, it was a scary time for me as well. So they're doing fine. Uh, before that positive test, we had taken actions to limit the number of people in the store. So we would have a count going as to how many customers were shopping in the store at any one time. And if it reached a certain point, uh, then we would ask folks to wait, you know, to form sort of a line in the vestibule. And uh, when one person came out, then one more could go in. And we were also uh, sanitizing and spraying down uh, our registers, you know, pretty frequently uh, every hour. There wasn't a set like, you know, every eight minutes you have to do it or something. But, yeah. you know, if you had a little lull or even if you've just had a couple customers in a row, you might spray it down. We had also shortened our hours uh, so that uh, there wouldn't be as many people in the store over the course of the day. And then since uh, our crew member tested positive, they closed the store, destroyed all of the food that was out and about, like every apple that was on the shelf and every banana that was on the shelf was all taken out and destroyed. And they did uh, two days worth of cleaning uh, by a professional company. And then uh, when we reopened, we lowered the number of people even further that were able to come into the store. We uh, opened up early for seniors so they could have that first hour to shop before anyone else had come in. And then we also just started utilizing every other register. So sometimes there was a little bit more of a wait, but by using every other register, we're increasing that social distance between our customers. And then just this last week, uh, plexiglass uh, partition has gone up on every register. Is, is this the first Trader Joe's to to go through this? Was there like something that was in place from, you know, like the top levels all the way down to, to handle this? Do you know? I know that there was a, a store in the Pacific Northwest uh, that I believe had a, uh, a confirmed case mm -hmm. long before we did. I'm not sure as to the specific location, and there might have been one uh, elsewhere, maybe on the East Coast as well. So it's happened at a couple of our stores, as it has at almost every grocery store, large chain. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if it was something where, I mean, like, it seemed like I mean, the process of, you know, the two-day cleaning and, you know, destroying any food just seems pretty, pretty well thought out. And, you know, it seems like it happened pretty fast, all, all things considered. Yes, it was a, a very fast response. And so I, I 
am certain that that was dictated at a level above our store level. Yeah. Uh, and it was something that was was planned out by the head office. I'm curious what this past month has been like for you. I mean, have you been seeing people bulk buying things that are are surprising? Has has the tone in the store been different? Other than, you know, 100 pounds of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, people right now are shopping a little more reasonably. We're seeing definitely fewer customers. When that first week hit where a lot of universities were saying, you know, we're going to extend things by, extend spring break by a week so people can stay home or we're going to switch to online classes. That first week, we were running at about 160% capacity, 160% sales Hmm. from what we had expected to do because all all of a sudden people just, you know, bought tons of food. And then for the last three weeks, I'd say, yeah, the last week of March and and all of April so far, we've been running at about 50% capacity or 50% sales, that is of what we would project for a normal a normal April. And so we've seen these last couple of weeks is people shopping less, fewer people shopping, but for the most part when someone comes in, they're making a much larger purchase. Yeah. Like there are people who live in the neighborhood and they come in every day and they'll spend, you know, x number of dollars just to get, you know, what they want for dinner that night and maybe something for lunch the next day. That's that's how they prefer to shop. Many of those individuals are now coming in and they're buying, you know, a week and a half worth of groceries and buying a little bit different stuff that will last longer. You'll still find some individuals who come in. I mean, I'm there five days a week and I'll see a particular couple of individuals, probably four out of those five days. Um, so some folks have not changed their shopping habits, for, but for the most part, a lot of people are trying to uh, to stay away and and to stay in, you know, safe at home. I've had some folks who've come in and they're like, well, this is my biggest Trader Joe's purchase ever, but I haven't been here in three weeks and I'm not planning to come back for another three weeks. <laughs> Which is ideally how how it should be done. Yeah, yeah. It's We've even talked about... And this was just some general conversation, but someone put out the idea of the little red hand baskets. Let's go ahead and get rid of those because that's going to encourage people to make smaller shops. Hmm. So let's only have large carts. People can come in. They'll buy their, you know, two weeks, three weeks, however long they feel they can purchase for. And then they'll come in. So it's, I know there's been conversation of actively not discouraging sales, but how to encourage people to make that purchase and then not return to the store unless it's one of those essential trips. Because if you want to say, oh, well, I need my lunch today. It's essential. Then you're going to go out for your lunch. And then you come back the next day. My lunch is essential. Like, please buy several lunches and just hang out at home. (laughs) Because the feel at the store is very different. We're known for being outgoing and enthusiastic and helping people. and, And this social distancing that we're doing is it's really making the store feel weird Yeah, Yeah. that no one can get close to anybody and no one wants to. And, you know, I'm going up to try to answer a question and I'm pausing, you know, because there's someone checking out the the crackers. And so I, I don't have a clear path to get back. So everyone's just sort of waiting with tension and, and it's, it's just an odd time. It's really unnerving because since our, Coworker tested positive. We've all gone to wearing masks as well. And it changes. I mean, it certainly changes how you look and it definitely changes how you feel uh, when you're there, you know, in a mask parade hours 
breathing your own breath, <laughs> um, having difficulty, you know, just communicating with people. And then it's, uh, it's just not nearly as fun as it usually is. Do you find that most people are being pretty respectful, that they understand the need for physical distancing? Yeah, I'd say by and large people are. And maybe that speaks to our clientele, but there are, because we're also doing social distancing in the line to get in the store. So we only let a certain number of people in the store at a time. And when we reach that number, we have the first person actually wait just outside the doors in the the parking lot. And then we have yellow X's spray painted every six feet. Hmm. And so sometimes it can take, you know, up to 15, 16 minutes to get to the store once you arrive there. Yeah. Uh, if you're all the way at the, at the back of the parking lot. And even, even with that, we have customers who tell us how much they appreciate that we're staying open, how much they appreciate the precautions that we're taking because, you know, we're spraying every single cart and wiping every cart down by hand in between each use. And I'd say it's it's pretty few and far between the people who express frustration because I think people realize that we are trying to take these precautions to keep them safe. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not in a, a high risk demographic myself, given my, you know, age and health and and everything. None of those boxes are are ticked off for me. But the thing that puts me in a high risk demographic is how many people I meet in a day. Yeah. And so when I wear the mask. It's more so I don't breathe something in and pass that on to the next couple of customers that come in through line. So it's all of the precautions that we're taking. Yes, it's for the crew, but it's so much more for the customers because there are so many people that can potentially be standing in this exact spot just before you get there. Yeah. So people are by and large really understanding and and really, um, uh, willing to compromise their previous convenience for current safety. Uh, I know everyone copes with stress differently, and that's really what I have to keep reminding myself when you do have that one out of a hundred customers that is really like there was someone who's just really, uh, I can't believe I had to wait outside. Do you know how cold it is out there? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's in the 40s. And I, it was in the twenties when I got to work this morning at, at six 30, but it's in the forties and I'm like, yeah. And you, and you, you make me stand outside and, and, you know, I've got to stay away. And, and I'm just like, yeah. And I, I've got to realize like by being aggravated and by being upset about these things, that's one way that their stress is manifesting. Yeah. And so I try to, uh, to make sure that, I mean, sort of on a biological level, I'm saying hydrated, Again, it's Trader Joe's, so there's always candy nearby if I if I need some candy. <laughs> I usually, you know, pick myself up a, a little treat at the end of a shift. And I'm like, ooh, need this one. So, so there's that. Um, I am trying to do my best to make sure that uh, I'm keeping my family safe as well. So I take a, a plastic bag uh, to work with me in the morning, and when I get home in the afternoon, before I walk in to the living room, I change clothes, uh, and put my work clothes right away. And then I go and, uh, I go and shower again. You know, a lot of it's to keep clean, uh, to make sure that I am keeping everybody as safe as I can, but it's also a moment to decompress and let go of any of that extra negative energy or extra tension or 
people's worries that I have brought home that day. Because that's another thing that I don't want to pass along to my family. On one hand, I imagine somebody who's like yelling at a grocery store worker and I just think like, come on, like we're all living this crazy pandemic. Like you can, you can chill out. But on the other hand, I think about some of the things like in the recent weeks that have totally sent me over the edge Mm -hmm. and they're all (laughs) super minor and stupid. Like this is ridiculous. How come this isn't working? And all of a sudden I'm like weeping alone in my house and I'm like, okay, this is not really about this. It's not about whether they have those, you know, chocolate chip cookie dunker things with the chocolate on them that I love. It's not really about whether those are out or not. It's about the fact that there's a lot of stuff that we can't control. And I think for a lot of people, the food that we eat and what we what we either cook for ourselves or, you know, purchase for ourselves as a treat, like that's very personal and it's something that we control. Except sometimes now even that like is, a, it's a little thing I feel like they can kind of push us over the edge. So it, it sounds like you have a lot of compassion both for your your colleagues and for the people in your store. And that's that's really wonderful to hear. Yeah. No, it's it is a, a really difficult time for a lot of people. And it's it's a difficult time for us as well. I mean, it's interesting to think about it. But if, you know, as as we've been discussing it here, I'm trying to think about my interactions with customers. And I'd say I have far fewer ruder customers right now. Because I think people are seeing us as, you know, in that in that term that's flying around now, an essential service. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, when it's concerts on the square time, like you don't, you're out of, you're out of the Roquefort. God, yeah, oh, son of a, like, yeah, we're out of, we're out of the the Roquefort. I can get you a different blue cheese. Like, oh, forget it. And it's like, well, uh-huh. if that's if that's what you need to feel on top of the world today, I understand. But I'm having far fewer of those encounters. But there is, you know, something that will put people over the edge. You know, boy, I stepped on a Lego yesterday and I almost lost it. Almost lost it. <laughs> so you, you've got to, you've got to recognize that. Um, yeah, it's it's very rarely about the item that is or is not in stock or how long it takes to get into the store, but it's about losing this sort of fundamental sense of control and safety that is manifesting itself in different ways. It's, it's fear. People are sort of living in a state of fear right now. And uh, as it continues to sort of stretch out before us, it affects everybody differently. Yeah. I don't want to say like, do you feel like a hero, but I mean, you know, you're, you're on the front line of this. Is there any way that people can generally like show appreciation what, there's a couple things that people can do to help when they go to the grocery store. One is to recognize that, you know, some of, again, everything's changing. Some of our habits change. We have, you know, like reusable bags. We always encourage people to use reusable bags. We have reusable bags for sale at the store. And when this first began, we were saying, yes, we can definitely take your reusable bags. We appreciate it. And then, you know, after a few days, it changed to we can use reusable bags. We'd ask you to bag them, please, so that we're not coming in contact with extra stuff that you bring in from the outside. And then the last two weeks, it's been we're not allowing reusable bags in the store uh, so we can pack everything up in paper. If you insist on using your reusable bags, we'd ask you to leave them in a little cubby hole we provide outside. And then we'll just put everything back in your cart. If you want to step right outside, then you can bag your stuff up in your reusable bags. So 
I guess I'd ask people to recognize and remember that everything is changing. And, you know, when we open the doors at eight o'clock AM, it might be a little different than it was yesterday or a day ago, or, you know, it's definitely different than it was two weeks ago and four weeks ago. So we'll just give you a heads up as best we can on how we're operating right now. And uh, please don't take it personally. The other thing that can be really, really helpful, and this is going maybe a bit beyond, but it's how I do it, is I organize my grocery list by department. So I write down all the fruits I want to get. I write down all the vegetables I want to get. Then I write down any proteins I want to get. I write down the frozen stuff at the very end so it doesn't melt. And I think that's more because I work in a grocery store. But it also makes it a lot more efficient if you're going to go down every aisle once Boom, 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 boom. So you spend a little less time in the store and it makes your trip safer for you. And then in terms of being appreciated, like we have a lot of customers who instead of saying thank you, will say thank you for being open. Thank you for being here. Hmm. And it does make a difference. I'm not saying that should be the standard greeting. That's not an instruction. Uh, I'm just saying that we recognize that a lot of people are are really appreciative of what we're doing. And it it really helps to hear that. And sometimes, you know, you might hear it from every customer that comes through your line in an hour. And that's actually okay, because it takes a lot sometimes to, to combat the fear and everything else that people are bringing in with them. So, yeah, I, but if I could just say like, hero, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I've been thinking about it. I've got cousins and and aunts who are are nurses and like it's i'm not a hero i'm just a dude working at a grocery store (laughs) trying to do my best you know i'm paying the bills i'm helping people get through this so yeah but i i don't think that should be heroic so that's that's just where i stand on it Mm -hmm. but if you want to call me a hero i'll take it <laughs> well, thank you so much for for taking this time. Um, thank you for the work that you do. Uh, stay safe and healthy. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You too. Stay healthy. This has been the Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times and recorded in the semi comfort of our own homes. Our theme music was composed by Patrick Christians, and the show is edited by Natalie Yar. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to send Quarantine Cooking Club Adventures to lchristians at madison.com. Lindsay and I are both on Twitter and Instagram, so feel free to track us down there. You can also like our podcast page on Facebook, and be sure to check out captimes.com for more local food and drink news, as well as continuing coverage of the coronavirus. I am Lindsay Christians, food editor of the Cap Times. And I'm Chris Lay, food consumer and curbside picker-upper. Our wish for you this week is homemade dark chocolate cookies. Cheers. Cheers! This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.